Hello, hello. This is Amanda Mortensen. Welcome to Yoga Wellness Money. So excited. Today I have my first guest, Michelle Ogden. She has a Bachelor's of Science in Exercise Science from Brigham Young University. And she's going to talk to us today about the demons of stress and her perspective and her research is really interesting. It goes back to the 1800s with some of the first physicians that discovered this. So welcome, Michelle. Hi, thanks for having me. So I will just hand it over to her and Michelle, go ahead and take it over. Thank you, Amanda, for having me. I'm excited to put into words some of my research and thoughts over the past decade as I've raised a family, looked at the level of stress we each have in our lives, maybe look at some of the triggers, and specifically looking at the physiological response and trying to identify these triggers in our lives. One of my favorite classes at Brigham Young University was called Mind, Body, Spirit, and it was the first time that I looked at the connection between our mind our body, and our spirit, and the input that each of these somewhat different yet congruent entities are having on us as a person as a whole. So as we sit and we look at stress, we need to recognize the emotional inputs that are coming into our lives, the external inputs that are put on us by others, by job, by family, by time constraints. And we also need to look at how we're coping, how we ourselves are dealing with these factors on an everyday basis. So one thing we need to understand is that our bodies are incredible. We need to understand that everything they do has a purpose. And as we understand the purpose and the layout of what's happening, we can actually adjust several of the outcomes of our physiological responses. So for instance, when we take a look at stress, something in our environment happens. It could be an emotional input. It could be a physiological input, something like exercise. It could be the original purpose, they say, to stress in our life was to elicit a flight or fight, fight or flight actually, response. And some sort of stress triggers the central nervous system. That's our brain, our spinal cord. We get some sort of an input that puts us on alert, puts us at alarm. And immediately our brain triggers the hypothalamus to release. It's a link to our endocrine system. The hypothalamus is a part deep within our brain and it actually links our central nervous system to our endocrine system. And that endocrine system therefore is going to start to release all sorts of hormones, different things that are going to go through our body and release this physiological response. So corticotropin releasing factor is going to head over to our sympathetic nervous system, our anterior pituitary and our posterior pituitary, and they are going to 
release different responses that are going to go throughout our body. I know that Amanda talked about how our gut health and how that is so related to stress. And that can be put on our sympathetic nervous system. Our sympathetic nervous system is going to increase um, a production of gastric or decrease a production of gastric secretions. This is going to decrease digestion. So the opposite of something um, fight or flight is going to be rest and digest. There's always this dualism in our bodies. And as we study it, we can really realize how to restore homeostasis, which is something that our body is naturally trying to do at all times. So let's go back. Our sympathetic nervous system is going to do things like increase our blood glucose, increase our blood pressure. It's going to have immune response across the board. We're going to get into that later. Our anterior pituitary is what specifically is going to release our hormone called cortisol. Cortisol is a cascading effect throughout our body as well. And specifically, it's going to start to decrease our eosinophils, our lymphocytes. These are things in our self that's actually going to be our immune response. These are our white blood cells that are fighting for us. And as we watch the catabolic effect of cortisol, it's breaking down muscle, it's breaking down lymphoid tissue, it's breaking down adipose tissue, it's actually breaking down skin and bones. The role of cortisol is important. Cortisol is released when we're exercising. The key is to stop that release at the appropriate time. So the first person that somewhat identified the stress response is a physician by the name of Hans Sale. He talks about a general adaptation syndrome in response to stress. So our first stage is the alarm stage. This is the stage of fight or flight. This is the stage where we'd have that release of those cascading hormones that I talked about. It is so healthy. It is so helpful to have this stage in our life. So when we look at this stage, we are seeing things like our body's ability to fight infection, the trigger of a cut on our knee. We see a problem. Immediately our body's going to go and it's going to fix it. Now, if we have a cut on our knee, for instance, my father-in-law is a physician and he talked about if you have a cut on your knee and you keep hitting it, is it going to get better? If you have a scab and you keep picking at it, is it going to get better? His point was that if we needed to heal something, we needed to rest it, we needed to give it time and allow it to really heal. A cold, a fever, a fever is our body's response. It's a response to a stress in our body. It's immediately releasing antibodies. It's releasing white blood cells. We're going to go and we're going to fight this infection. So the idea that our bodies can fight off things is incredible. We need to think of modern medicine. Um, I have a eight-year-old son that has broken three bones in his body. 
the first bone that he broke was a spiral fracture up his leg. Now, the second bone that he broke was a trampoline accident. And when he fell off, it displaced his humerus so badly they couldn't find a pulse. And the physician had to go in during surgery, hold the bone in place in order to get the right pins in place and so that his bone could heal. Now, when I tell this story, I want us to think about the role that these physicians and this modern medicine is playing. They are setting up an environment for our body to heal. There's wound clinics out there that put us in a hyperbaric chamber, allow for increased oxygen. We wear a cast so that we will not keep re-injuring our arm, our leg, whatever has the injury. However, it is our bodies that are doing the healing. And so when we allow ourselves to have the time, to have the right mental capacity, to have the right environment, we are therefore healing ourselves. So let's take this alarm, the fight or flight, for what it is. It is our body's incredible response to initiate a healing phase. Now, that turns into a second phase, which Dr. Hansale pointed out, and that is resistance, and I'm going to add coping to that. So after so much time, when our bodies have these stressing factors, we are letting them sit there. We're letting them fester. We are not allowing ourselves either the time or the mental capacity to allow ourselves to heal, therefore turning off the stress response. So phase two, resistance and coping, is the time that we need to recognize what is going on in our body. Stress is meant to be a temporary response to our environment, to our emotions, to all of these factors that I had spoken about. The last phase is breaking down of all of our resources. Our body enters a state of exhaustion. And that is where we get to some of the diseases that we've talked about as a result of increased stress. And these are things like coronary artery disease, hypertension, stroke, tension headaches, immune suppression, things like irritable bowel syndrome, ulcerative colitis, impotence, eczema, diabetes mellitus, fatigue, type A behavior, and add anxiety to that, overeating, depression, insomnia. Now, oftentimes there is a part of us that wants to put these on a physiological list and not recognize the emotional, spiritual, mind connection in these diseases. And we're going to talk about how these diseases can be directly correlated to things like stress. I want to talk about more specifically 
how we can cope with our stress so that we do not reach the level of exhaustion that we do and our bodies there in turn reach out with one of these diseases to point out to us the imbalance in our life. So some of the things that I've identified in my own life, and I think that we can add to this list, I would love to hear your ideas of additions to this list, but ways that we can cope with these stresses so they do not lead to this are time, expectations, and boundaries, emotions, maybe triggers, and other specific healthcare needs. I'm going to get really specific here. I've been talking about stress in general, and I don't have time to go over all this list, but I would love to hear what you want to hear more about from that list. And specifically, I'm going to talk about time and time being our most valuable resource and how when we manage our time correctly, it is going to decrease our stress load. So this is more of an applicable how-to. The era we live in, we are overbooked. We are consumers. We need to take an honest look at what is necessary and needed in our lives. And we need to clear our mind of all unnecessary. We need to clear our homes of all unnecessary. And as one of my favorite books, Minimalist Parenting puts it, we need to make room for the remarkable. I'm going to start with an honest evaluation of our time. Now, we need to look at where we are spending our time. There is a fabulous worksheet put out by the writers of Minimalist Parenting, Christina Coe and Asha Dornfest, and they say it's your time, turning in and prioritizing, sorry, tuning in and prioritizing. So this activity has you go down and it lists the hours of days, hours per day that you are spending on each activity. So we have sleep, grooming, paid work, exercises, cooking, volunteering, kids' activities, family activities, hobbies and recreation. These are specifically for you, not for your family or somebody else. Zone out time, social activities, and relationship building. Now, as you go out and you fill this worksheet out and you look honestly at where you're spending your time per day, it gives you an honest evaluation of whether you're spending more time in a certain place than you'd like to be or not. It helps you cut out those things in your life that are not bringing you the satisfaction, the joy that are possibly adding to the stress. Why am I spending so much time on social media or cooking when I really wish I was spending more time building my relationships? When we are honest with where we are putting our time, we are decreasing the stress in our life. We are aligning our priorities and our time with our true nature. Now, the next thing we need to do to make sure that we are putting an honest effort towards that which we like more is our priorities. Now, we are going to drop the ball. The, dr- the ball is going to be dropped. We're going to say no. We cannot do it all. But what we can do, we can do well. Now, we need to make a list. We need to make a priority list. And this is going to be my challenge for each of you this week is to 
make a priority list. And I will embarrassingly admit when the first time I did this, I did not have myself on this list. And my challenge is for you to find where yourself lies on this list. Make sure you don't forget yourself on this list. So my list goes something like this. Self. And I consider that also a connection to a spiritual higher power in that first, that first realm. The second one has my relationship with my partner, my relationship with my kids. And then after that is family, friends, church obligations, work obligations. So as soon as I have a problem come up in my life and I have a double booking, my priority list helps me remove all guilt. It helps me know what I should be saying no to and what I should be saying yes to. So one example of this, I had a very great friend get married a couple years ago and it fell on the same weekend as a family reunion and I had two places I needed to be and I was stressed. I pulled out my priority list and I saw immediately that families was one notch above friends and I talked to my friend as soon as possible. I let her know where I was going to be as opposed to with her and why. And it removed all the guilt from that situation. So when we go into a situation knowing that we can say no to things in our life, we allow ourselves to forgive ourselves for all that we are not doing, but it also allows us to recognize and prioritize all that we are doing. The last concept I want to leave with you is the concept of self first versus selfish. And so often each of us are so aware of all the obligations, all the people, everything in our life that we are trying to appease. And we have this wrong notion that putting our self first in a situation is selfish and it is actually the opposite. So when we are putting our self first for demands on exercise, if we know that in our life, in order to keep ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally strong as a person, we need exercise, we put that first in our life as a priority when somebody comes in and asks us to do something or to schedule a meeting or to watch a child, something that's going to interrupt our self-first activity, we not only have every right to, but we need to say no and we need to keep those things as a priority in our life that put ourself first. Once we put ourself first, that is going to cascade down into every part of our life it's going to make us a better mom, manager, boss, employee, all these roles that each of us have that are different yet very similar. It's going to help us be more present and more active in those situations in our life. And not only that, it's going to start to align as we decrease the things that are unnecessary time-wise in our life. It's going to decrease our stress. We're actually going to start to recognize those areas in our life that I was talking about. We're going back to sales model where phase two, we're in this 
area of adaptation to our stress. We have a level of stress that we've adapted to that may be unhealthy. We need to start to recognize that and how our time restraints are adding to that stress, that stress model. So as you go through this week, I want you to prioritize your time. I want you to prioritize yourself and figure out what those things are in your life that are going to take away the, restri- the stress, take away the guilt, and we're going to be starting to give our bodies this time and this space to heal themselves, to rest and to relax and to remove that stress. As you go through this activity, I also want you to think about how you are managing others' time. So if you're a manager, if you're a parent at home, I want you to think about what you are doing for others that not only can they be doing for themselves, but would be better or necessary for them to do for yourself. So you need to ask yourself this honest question, what am I doing for others that they should be doing for themselves? And then you need to sit down and you need to think about a solution for it. The idea is not to shirk the responsibility off of you, but you're actually enabling those people around you to be more for themselves. So one example of this is in my own home, I bought alarm clocks for all of my three children that are school age. It is their responsibility to wake themselves up, to get themselves dressed, to get them off to school. Last year, Rewind one year ago at this time, I was waking all of them up. I was constantly reminding them shorts, shirts, beds needed to be made. When we are doing all of this for other people, it is taking up our mental capacity. So as you look at your time, you look at what you are doing with your time, I need you to also look at what you're doing for other people that they could be doing for themselves and how that's going to free up your mental capacity. If all of a sudden our Um, employees are responsible for their own jobs. We are not checking on them, making sure that they are done with their tasks. Our free time, our mental capacity, our stress level is actually opened up and we need to let people around us be accountable for themselves as we are accountable for ourselves. It's going to take the stress off of us, it's going to put that on them and it's actually going to create a sense of responsibility and accountability in them, and it's also going to free up our space, our time, and it's going to decrease our stress. Now is the time that I would really love to hear your feedback. I would love to hear things that you are incorporating as you looked at your time schedule, you were putting towards each area of your time, what you found, where you were putting time that you shouldn't, or where you weren't putting time that you should, And then I also want to hear, as you evaluated what you were doing for others and how you cut that off, first of all, what you were doing for others and what you cut off, just so that it helps us recognize it in our own lives. And second of all, what it did for you on a mental, spiritual, physical level. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope to hear from you in the comments. Michelle, thank you so much. That was so helpful. I took a lot away from that, and it really ties into our 
mission or a mantra over here at Yoga Wellness Money, which is live simply to have more to do great things. And this is just really goes to the core of who we are and how we manage ourselves and how we keep ourselves in a state of grace and in a place where we can really uh, live our best life and serve others. So thank you for your time and thank you for being here with us. Thanks. All right. So we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us again. Yoga Wellness Money and Namaste. Namaste.